what's that song from the movie Mary Poppins? That's it, Mary Poppins. Mm-hmm. Yep. yep. After I think after our last episode, we've got a new kind of song intro we can add. You know, sure. a spoonful of BFG makes the medicine go down. Bum, bum, bum. <laughs> I am all for this. <laughs> I mean, it's you. You'll feel better. I mean, you won't feel anything. Yeah, yeah. After that, <laughs> you're right. You're right. You're right. Listeners, hello listeners, you are here and welcome to another fun-filled, blood-curdling edition of the Rocket Punch Game of the Year Awards 2016. See, you said bloodletting wrong. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, you're right, you're right. Bloodletting, my bad. Um, Welcome guys, we are on our next big award here, um, number eight, which is going to be Best Story. This is going to be a big one. It is full of spoilers. Yeah, I I was going to say, I think this is going to hurt the most. Um, Do you really want to hurt me? (laughs) Do you really want to make me cry? (laughs) Well, unfortunately, we have to for ourselves to make informed decisions and for the fans to give them what our opinions are and stuff. um, Correct opinions. But for anybody, number one, welcome. Thank you for listening. For anyone who is just joining us here, you are in the midst of of the battle that is the Rocket Punch Game of the Year 2016 awards to give you all a rundown of how this crazy shit show slash awesome show works is that we have each topic that we go in each episode, we have a list of nominees. From those nominees, we will cut and dice and slice them up until there are only three. And then from those three, one will rise from the rest and become the cream of the crop, as we like to say, and yes. be, our, um, be our voted winner here. Um, for um, the eighth episode here, best story, I think it goes without saying, but for people who have not jumped in, even more so in this episode, there will be spoilers. We will do our best to hold withhold as much information back as we can. But we'll as- try especially for the fighting of these different titles, especially in best story. They have, we, we have to know the full facts of what's going on in these stories and if it's worthy of taking this award home. And so go ahead and beforehand, don't even try and spot check this episode. Just assume that this entire episode is a big spoiler cast for a lot of your favorite games. Just go put that in your brain right now and then take a deep breath and then join us on this adventure because we're going to go through them right now. Um, but first, we introductions, of course. I'm Cameron. I'll be your host for this particular episode, as Seth has um, listened to too much disturb and is down with the sickness. Um, to my left and right, I have Chaz and Will. Are you guys ready for this awesome... I'm ready to rumble, yes. Aye, aye, Captain. <laughs> I can't hear you. Aye, aye, Captain. Oh, okay. We're ready. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, I, I know that we're ready now. Yeah. So without further ado, for you guys, the listeners, let us go through our nominees for Rocket Punch, a Game of the Year 2016 award for Best Story. We have Firewatch, Quantum Break, 
Titanfall 2, Uncharted 4, A Thief's End, Fire Emblem Fates, Doom, Dragon Ball Fusions, Batman, The Telltale Series, Quantum, why is Quantum Break on here twice? We messed up. We'll fix that later. Gears of War 4, Dark Souls 3, Final Fantasy 15, Adrift, Hyperlight Drifter, XCOM 2, and Mafia 3. So, everyone go ahead and pull out your swords and your knives and your other nice weapons and let us begin. Oh, I got a 249 Bravo. You got it. <laughs> I, I, I have a, a six inch Crocodile Dundee. Oh, no. See, I brought a full on assault rifle. <laughs> Apparently you were ready for this topic because I was not. Um, I think I'll, I'll go ahead and jump in here. Mm. I'm going to take XCOM 2 off this list primarily because I have not played enough of it to give a very good opinion on the story. I just got it part of the Humble Bundle monthly thing. Mm-hmm. So I haven't even played it yet. So who, who put it on here? Uh, that was me. Cause have you completed it? I have not completed it. But it's got to go. It's, it's it's going. It's going. Yeah, gots to go. Get out of here. So XCOM two struck, and not like for an RTS game. Like X XCOM two is great. I love kind of tactical RPG style games like that. Um, there's a story there, but mm, you're more there right, for the gameplay. The, it's the weaker one. Of them on yeah, you, I mean, I'm sure for people who have played through it, that they're probably screaming at their um their devices right now, but. At this point, we it's based on what we've all, I guess, collectively yeah. played. We so. have to make an educated decision based on yeah. our experiences. Yes, yes. Exactly. Um, this is our Game of the Awards. Our Game of the Awards. I, game I, of the Year, year Awards, whatever. I think Dragon Ball Fusions needs to go. Does that even have See, a story? I thought you would like that, Will. So, here's the thing. I've played like the first hour. And I haven't had a chance to go back to it. But it's very thin. It feels like a chibi clone of Dragon Ball's universe. Yes, everything's chibi. That's cool, right? Right. I mean, Broly's kind of cool and chibi because he's the only one who's like cut and ready to wreck. But let's be real, Broly's so cool. <laughs> he's so stupid. Yeah. It's so cool. His power is maximum, so yes. I understand. I understand. But it okay. needs to go. Yes. Okay. I'm not going to argue with you on I'm that one. Argue with that at all. That's easy. All right. So can we also agree that Batman? How many times can you tell Batman's parents are dead? <laughs> wow. How many, um, how many times can we tell this story? I will definitely say that any Telltale game, one of their big strengths is story. Right. Um, for, and particularly the Batman Telltale series games, I've only played the first episode. Okay. I have not delved anywhere near enough to give a vote of confidence for best story to at least get in the top three. Did it inspire you to get any of the other episodes? I just haven't gotten them yet. No, it is okay. very good. Like okay. it's 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 a telltale game. If you played The Walking Dead or Tales from the Borderlands or any of those other games, then definitely jump in on that. But I just can't give any information to it based on what I've played so far. Gotcha. Cool, cool. I think Batman's gotta go. All right. It will go. Get out of here. Now I know Seth and I think you played Dark Souls Three. I have not played, who, Dark who's Souls played Dark Souls. Dark Souls three. Not I. I just got it. I have not. Have you? Yes. No, no. But um, guess, 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 guess what happens when you're not here? Okay. I, I know there's some kind of sun and you will praise it, but <laughs> beyond that, 
Praise the Flame Lord. <laughs> okay. Um, um, moving on. Moving on. I'm a fan of Gears of War. Gears of War 4 looks amazing. I have not played... But this is not a visual award. This is a story award. All right. I have not completed the game, so I cannot make okay. a Let me go ahead and give the description for Gears of War 4. We will decide what to do after that because I have played most of the game. I'm in the final act, okay. so I cannot give the complete ending, which I have an idea of how it's going to go. But, again, spoilers for Gears of War 4 incoming. What the general story is is that you are JD, you have Cat, and you're, um, oh, what is the other guy's name? I can't remember his name. But you and the other guy were basically <laughs> your defectors from right. the COG, the coalition of governments. You're, this is like 20-ish years, 20, 30 years after the events of Gears of War 3. We're primarily focused on rebuilding the human race again and making exactly. sure that people have babies and people live that, lives that, that is conducive a, to society. That is a small beat. Children are born. Yes. Oh, yeah. You walk through a hospital. It's like, and everybody's really... Encouraging you to get pregnant. Like, well, they have to rebuild the population. And that's a good point. Right. They make a really you're, strong you're, point. When you live with a race, it's almost extinct. Yeah. I mean. Yeah. yeah. But um, JD and his, um, his friend there, they were part of the cog and they defected. They ended up partnering with Kat, who's kind of the member of this village tribe, who they kind of go out and get power and stuff for their villages. The village is not part of the cog and kind of the cog government. Um, and there's a lot of them. They're kind of roguish, sort of. They're the out, outsiders or yeah. outliers or something like that. They're they're the people who didn't want to buy into the um, neo hippie bullshit. Yeah. So they were they were just That's sort of good. like yeah yeah. So they just sort of stayed on the outskirts and just sort of like yeah we're just gonna be out here with our like farms and our diesel. You can go back in there with your like Priuses and society and okay. whatnot. But so Alabama versus San Francisco. Got it. <laughs> <laughs> in, that could be true that, that from a certain point of view. From a certain yes. Um, but what happens is that Cat's mom is the leader of the tribe that they're at. They kind of help, and her uncle is kind of one of the warriors there that kind of helps them out. When you start out, you're with her uncle, and you guys are going to get this. If you've played Gears of War, especially the multiplayer, they're going to get a fabricator mm-hmm. that they can use for the village. Yes. And what ends up happening through no uncertain terms is that. You get the fabricator, you defend against the cog who are coming in because the cog is under the impression like you're taking soldiers and killing people and JD and they're like, what are you talking about? We just wanted to get the fabricator. We have nothing to do with kidnap people and everything like this. It's like, hmm, okay. When they get to the village, they, like that evening, these unknown enemies, quote unquote, come through and they slaughter like everyone. They capture Cat's mom. And I believe, as far as we know, they've also captured her uncle. Mm-hmm. And they may have killed him already. Yeah. But they um, drag them off into the woods. Um, at this time, Cat's like, where's my parents? Oh, my God. So the, it, the totes, not locusts. Sort of. Yeah. <laughs> as I suspected when I was going to play Gears of War, sort of. <laughs> what ends up happening is that um, one of the, like the leader of this enemy gets his hand cut off. Oh, wow. And so they, JD and the group find his hand. And so they're like, this looks interesting. We need to take it to my dad. Like, uh, you know, kind of like, oh my God, we have to take it to my dad. I don't want to go, but sure. 
So they go. That's when you get introduced to grizzly old Marcus Phoenix. Oh, come on. There you go. Yeah. More, more grizzled than that. But you, I like where you're headed. <laughs> um, and he, he takes a look at the hand and is like, I know where we need to go. I have an idea. And through this whole thing, you get attacked by the cog. They think that now they believe that Marcus is a part of this. Your like your childhood home, JD's home, and Marcus's home gets completely destroyed by the cog. They blow everything up. Mm. They blew up the farmhouse. Mm. You know what part I'm talking about? Yeah. Um, <laughs> oh come on! Oh, my tomatoes. <laughs> <laughs> they blew up um all of that, and but they end up escaping. Kind of going through the main story beats, you find out that the the swarm is it the swarm. No, the locusts. What they did with the bodies after the war, mm-hmm. they were, um, Phoenix was tasked with taking those, all of the dead bodies of the swarm and any remnants or any remnants of the locusts, taking them to this kind of deep hole, like emulsion pit hole and just dropped them in there and just let them to basically the big death pit. Oh, nice. they just dropped them in there. What happened was that over time, the um, emulsion kind of fused in with their, with the locust mm. and it hardened and crystallized. And once emulsion crystallizes, it is indestructible. You cannot break it. Oh, I'll break it. <laughs> no. Where's the BFG? You can try. Oh, well, I mean, yeah, if, if we were using that weapon, that would be great. But what happens is that these new enemies come called the swarm. What you learn is that the swarm, what they do to survive and kind of multiply is they capture humans they put them into cocoon like pods. Okay. And it connects them because like the swarm has like a hive mind. Everyone's connected and the pods change them into like youngling creature looking things. And the longer they stay in there, they, they become, they basically become swarm. That blows. And so the, the swarm themselves are just like mutated locusts. Like, especially when you see, like, when you see the first swarm enemy, mm-hmm. he is not, by any means, like, he's just, like, very, like, critter, like, you know, very all pale and white, and they're chasing after you. Right. But when you get to the next, like, the adult form, the drone. Right. That's when they're, like, they look very similar to the locust where they, they pick up the guns, like, and they're trying to kill you. But throughout this process, uh, Marcus gets captured. There's this enemy called the Snatcher. <laughs> and it's it's like nice. four legs and it's got this big pouch under it. Sure. It'll actually knock yeah. you down. Then it comes over you, opens up its pouch, and these tentacles come and pull you in and they grab you. Ooh. And then they can take you off. You actually if you get if if you get caught in the game with this, if they can't take you too far, you'll die. the game's over. Mm-hmm. You're done. Mm-hmm. So Marcus gets captured, and so JD and his crew have to go and save they go and save his dad and find out more information about the swarm and what they are. Um, they do end up rescuing Marcus around act four. And in rescuing Marcus, you find out that like they were taken to this huge, deep, like unused mine, the cog used the abandoned mine that had like, it was filled with pods and basically almost like a base for one of the bases for the swarm. Um, while Marcus was connected to the hive mine, he remembered and found out where their like main base was, which mm-hmm. is over a couple of mountains. So they mm-hmm. go over there and they find out that shit is going down. 
over at this main base in at this point in the story, Mark is like, we need to call for backup. Mm-hmm. He um and they're they are now I'm at the part in the game where they have set up the towers to contact for backup, quote unquote. Right. Which they haven't told you what backup is, but I'm like ninety percent sure. sure it is Augustus Cole coming yeah. down on a helicopter, Whoa. raining hell. Yeah, exactly. The Cole train's coming. <laughs> he's coming and he's bringing. So he the wasn't pain. in the game like um, at any point. No, uh, at this point. Okay. The only, the only previous member that you've met was um, has been Mark. So where's Anya? Um, have, another, we, have we talked about that? More spoilers. We okay. have not talked about okay. that. You okay. do find out that um, Anya is JD's mom, of course. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Well. Um, Anya died. She ended up dying oh, from um, disease or something man. years back. So Marcus has been the grizzled old guy in this house for years, just like you know, blah, blah, blah. I'm grumpy and stuff. Come on. Um, and so you're at the you're at the point in the game in Act Five where you're going to request for help, and then you're going back to raid the main swarm base to. And you're still your objective is to for Cat to save her mom. Hmm. The problem in you're rushing in is you. I don't know if she's saved or not because if you're in the pod for too long, after a point, there's no turning back. You were part of the swarm and you become right. some swarm monster alien. Um, my money is betting on that she is not. She will be changed yeah. by the time they get there. Um, this has a lot of um, similarity to Gears of War 3 uh, with Dom seeing his uh, his wife. Be- yeah, very much. Yeah, very much. It's very much like, uh, well, you too. know. Yeah. Uh, but that is at least a, most of the story for Gears of War 4. Um, my opinion, it is not a, it's a great story. I'm having fun with it. I read an article once that it, it, it almost felt a little like the force awakens. Uh, yeah. You, your crew of three, they meet an old guy from previous installments and you guys go and take care of stuff. Um, which is not necessarily a bad thing story wise. Um, I don't know about you guys, but I think there are better options on this list than Gears of War 4. Um, What do you guys think? At least from what I've talked about so far. Yeah, no, I think it needs to go, unfortunately. Strike it off the list. Strike it off the list. It must go. Yep. So, who's next in the slaughterhouse that is Game of the Year Awards? Adrift. Adrift? Um, Yeah. Okay, so talk to us about Drift because this is the, this is that VR game from Adam Orth, I yes, think. Yes. Um, the guy from Microsoft who mm-hmm. basically got fired for saying, saying some it? things. <laughs> yeah, saying some things. <laughs> Hashtag deal with it. Um, um, no, the Adrift is pretty much you wake up on a space station, and it's not only for VR, but you can get it for Steam and use mouse and keyboard controls, but. Um, you wake up on a space station. You have no idea what has happened so far. It, it's basically gravity, uh, the movie Gravity in space. Um, and what you need to do is get from one side of the, the uh, space station to the other to alert, you know, Earth that hey, um, there's still someone up here. I need some help. Um, the story seems a lot more focused on survival. Okay. And is relatively thin, um, but I think compared to the other choices on this list, it doesn't doesn't quite stack up. Like I'm putting it against like Hyperlight Drifter and and Fire Emblem, and going like, well, it doesn't it doesn't have that 
gravity of you know gravitas <laughs> gravitas that, yeah that the although i like do. how you added gravity in there yeah. it doesn't have gravity in there you're floating around yeah um okay will any comments on adrift no it can go that's fine okay the drift is done let's give a recap real quick of yep. what's on the list so everybody's still with us here all the listeners at home so for best stories so far what is left in contention is firewatch quantum break titanfall 2 Uncharted 4, A Thief's End, Fire Emblem Fates, Doom, Final Fantasy 15, Hyperlight Drifter, and Mafia 3. I, and of course, of course, this pains me greatly, but I think that is the right call to make. I think Hyperlight Drifter should be taken off this. Go ahead. Um, I don't. I I've played a good chunk of it. I, I like the the story and beats and the way it's headed. There's nothing yeah. contextual about it. Yeah. But especially from what we're talking about before, I think that there are much bigger and better stories on this list than Hyperlight Drifter. And and also, I think Hyperlight Drifter has had its time to shine. It was in the best. It, um, it, it has some really good music. Yeah, best music, best indie. Um, we we talked a lot about it ad nauseum, but I don't think from a story perspective that it belongs in the top three, my opinion. Um, so I think it needs to be struck off. Okay. Um, how about Doom? I was just thinking about. I'm going on the list. I'm like, are we, are, are we thinking Doom to stay or Doom to go? To leave. Oh, so it's a first person shooter. Well, yeah. We know we're fighting through the armies of hell to kill hellspawn and demons and whatnot. But what else is really going on besides that? Uh, jacked up space marine killing fools. It, it, even as a story, okay. it's right, cool. No, no you're well, right. it, It's cool. In my opinion, I think it's cool that it has a better story than some of the other games. At least, you know, you learn about Samuel Hayden and... Olivia Pierce and everybody else that you're antagonist in the game. But again, pound for pound, when it stacks up with some of the other stories that we have, and we're going to talk about here in just a minute, doesn't cut it. Doesn't make it. I would agree. So um, off the list, it goes. Mm-hmm. How about quantum break? Yeah. Take this off this list. I, I totally and wholeheartedly say no. I actually believe that quantum break should be one of the top three. What? I'm, and if, if you know he's not here, but if Seth were here, I think he would agree with me at the point and let me go ahead and tell you why. Okay. Uh, spoilers for Quantum Break, or as best spoilers I can do. Mm-hmm. I think Quantum Break, in my opinion, is the best. It has a great execution of story, and it's mm-hmm. one of the best time travel stories in the recent decade or so. Porque. Um. The and we've talked about it in prior episodes, but the mechanic of how number one, how time works and how the time machine works in there is that number one, you can only go back as far as when you first turned the machine on. Yes. So you, there's none of this, like I'm going to go to prehistoric times. No, you, once you first there, the machine is like a big round circle and you, mm-hmm. when there's a core in there and the core is what helped It's kind of like, that's where the quote, Chronons are, which okay. chronon particles are what are used to power and send you through time. Okay. How the machine works, and we talked about it a little bit, but not in depth in a couple of previous episodes. If you want to go 
if you want to go forward in time, because mm-hmm. it's a big circle, you go in through the left side and you go clockwise. And that takes you forward in time. If you want to go backward in time, you go right. You go counterclockwise. And that takes you backwards in time. How? Wait. Okay. So. All right. So it's a time travel machine. We've established that. Why is this a good story, though? The story beats it very much just like because of that time travel mechanic Mm -hmm. and what it has brought to the table for um, kind of a new retellings of how time travel works. That time mechanic helps because when you start the story, you're you are Jack Joyce. Right. You are going to talk to. um, Oh, my God. I'm going to pull up the names here because it has been a long time since I've played this game. But you're going to talk to your friend. Mm -hmm. um, Paul Serene. That's his name. And Paul Serene's like, hey, come down to my facility at the school. We've got a um, this new thing I want to show you. And at the school, what's going on when you get on the campus is that the I'm reading it. There's a there's a company that's going around and that these students are trying to like the company's trying to buy a lot of the stuff and a lot of the shares Mm -hmm. in the campus. And the students are like, no, you've got to stop this. And you walk through to um, try and stop like you're seeing all the ads and stuff like that. I'm, I'm thumbing through the synopsis here to uh, see what the company's name is. Oh, it's uh, Monarch. The company's Monarch. The Monarch. It's a little butterfly thing. <laughs> it's yellow. But uh, they're the they're buying a lot of stuff in town. Yeah. And okay. getting like a lot of assets in the, and even they've just the town, but in the country and the students are like, no, this is the big business. This is a big company. And they need to be stopped. You're going through and like, you know, it's campus stuff. Mm-hmm. We've talked about the particular incidents when Paul Serene first goes through the machine. Mm-hmm. That's his first little test. He actually goes through and performs, wants to perform a bigger test. I think his next test is he wants to go five, it's like five or 10 minutes in the future or in the past. When he executes that test, something goes wrong. And that's when the core explodes. Oh. And basically you and Paul Serene are in there and you get blasted with those chronon particles and like you're all frozen in time for like a little bit and you get knocked out. And as you wake up, it, of course, those that exposure to the chronon particles is what causes the you to get those powers and develop the time powers you get throughout the game. Um, when you do that, all of a sudden these armed guys from Monarch bust in and they're trying to kill you like get him da 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 and they're chasing you around. And you end up like as Jack Joyce, you're running through, you find your brother there because one of the other, one of the other characters we haven't talked about a lot is um, Jack has a brother, William Joyce and William Joyce and Paul Serene were both working on this time machine. Mm -hmm. Like you, I would dare say that William Joyce is kind of like the Steve Wozniak and Paul Serene is kind of like the Steve jobs of the equation. Like they're, Serene knows his stuff about it as well, but William Joyce is kind of the one who invented the machine. I, I'm going to do my best because if I start jumping through hoops, it's, this is a time travel story. So you find out like you, you're, you're navigating through the library. You tell, you tell your brother at one point in time, say, stay here. I'm going to go to my car and get, cause you, 
basically your brother's like, we need to get to my car. There's something in the briefcase that'll that help us out and stop this. Cause he's trying to tell Jack, look, there's a fracture in time. Time has been fractured. And if we don't heal it or stop it, then we will cease to exist. And so he's like, well, let's go to the car and get the stuff. He goes to the car and the Monarch soldiers are back again. They're coming to kill him. You kill those guys and you find out that they've captured your brother. Mm-hmm. There's this other woman who's named Beth, Beth Wilder. And surprisingly enough, she's very integral to the story. You meet her and she's a Monarch employee, but she doesn't kill Jack at all. They've, they're like at gunpoint. And she's like, it's like she recognized you, but you have no idea. Like, who are you? I do not know you. She's like, go do this. They have will. She help, She starts helping you out. And as part of the big game, you're trying to figure out why. Like, what's going on? Hmm. I'm not going to hit on specific story beats, only just kind of some important ones. But what happens is that you go through and you find out that Will made a time machine. I forgot when the time was around the story. Right. But you find out that he made the time machine and turned his version on back in the like early 90s, like 91. Oh, wow. And you end up, you get to a point in the game where you end up having to go back in time <laughs> to stop this from happening. It's been a while, so I'm slightly rusty on it, but I know what ends up going on with the story is that you find out that Paul Serene is the head of Monarch. And Paul Serene used the time machine to go back in time back to the 91 to take control over because it's, he went in the past. So he knows about things that happen and you know, very much like back to the future with the almanac. Yeah. Very yeah. much that stuff. And he uses that knowledge to build Monarch because what he's found is happening is that the reason he's doing this is that because of the fracture in time, he knows that time will end on this particular date. Mm-hmm. It's like a few days after you, fir- like after the start of the game, when you first see the explosion mm-hmm. and he's like trying to gather all this money and resources to build this raft, this life raft that will take a select amount of people and keep them safe. When the end of the time comes, basically what the end of the time, to- what the end of time is, is that if you, you guys have seen the play, the videos and stuff, on quantum break, like the a promo stuff mm-hmm. and you're walking through and there are parts of the world that just freeze. Like right. You'll go through when the right. time just stops. Well, the end of time is very much the end of time. Time is gone. Time is dead. So everything is frozen in time. If you're caught out in this area, you are like, you do not move. You're not affected by time at all. And you were completely for the end of quote time. You were frozen in that spot, whatever you were doing for all eternity. Hmm. And Serene was using his resources to create this device, this key of sorts to create a raft that would keep kind of make this area like a big bubble that time would exist in. And so people could still live and operate within that time frame. And you find out William Joyce has the key that he needs in order to make this happen. Jack Joyce goes through, he finds out that his, his best friend that, they were good friends, especially at the beginning of the show. Like, no, he's this evil monarch head corporation dude. But then you also find out about Beth Wilder 
and kind of her integral part in the story. Um, I don't want to spoil too much oh, with yeah, that part. You're good, yeah. And but she ends up getting she gets lost in time. She, you kind of go, you start going through with her to go back in time, but somehow she gets captured and like slung back before you can go in. Oh, okay. And so during that point you go in after and you find out that she got flung back into the past and she got stuck there and she was helping her younger self. <laughs> like she was helping your younger self. Look, you need to trust William Joyce and whatnot. And you need to go into Monarch and do this and da 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 da. It like, cause she remembers what's funny is at the beginning you thought she, you're talking to her. She's like, I remember this woman, this older woman coming up to me and saying, giving me this information. And then near the end of the game, you find out she is the older woman who went back in time to give herself the information to help stop Paul Serene and whatnot. Right. She ends up, she ends up getting killed. Uh, Paul Serene ends up um, taking her out. Gunning her down. But. And you haven't even talked, touched on the live action. uh, No, no, no. I haven't even gotten to that part yet. But what's, what's also interesting about as well is speaking on the end of time, Near the second half of the game, you also find out that you're fighting all these monarch soldiers and you're trying to wonder, like, why do we need all these soldiers with these time-based equipment? At the end of time, there are these creatures that live in, within time. Oh. And when time is frozen like that, they look for, they're looking for the people who are moving through that space. Mm. And so with that big bubble and that big protection, the raft that Paul Serene is trying to create, Mm -hmm. he needs those soldiers to be able to go out and defend against these creatures. Like they are like long claws, like will shred you to pieces. I'd kind of want to see that game. And (laughs) good, good, awesome, like shooter game. Because there's a point in the game where you're going through when you're starting to see like scratches on the walls and you're, you hear guys in the background. "Ah, Oh God. And it's, it gets to a point in the game to where everyone has to have on these harnesses and equipment with chronon particles. So you can move throughout. If your chronon vest or anything is turned off, you are stuck in time. So you cannot go in like you are. So they're all tracers. Almost in a sense. Okay. Almost in a sense. And, but the only difference is Jack Joyce and Paul Serene, because they got hit with the chronon particles, they can move freely throughout these zones. Mm. And, Every, everything really comes to a head. Um, I will definitely say the boss battle at the end is not the best boss battle from a gameplay standpoint. From a gameplay standpoint, not a story standpoint. But it was just the story of Quantum Break that Remedy did for this, I thought was wonderful. The way they inter- integrated the live action and the gameplay to tell the story. Because honestly, the live action is not the story, it is part like a second story that kind of weaves its way into the gameplay. The gameplay choices you make affect those live action parts. Hmm. And you hear a side story about kind of another, a smaller group of people like um, Monarch employees to start figuring out what the raft is and what Paul Serene is actually trying to do and trying to stop them. And a lot of stuff that you thought were insignificant at the beginning of the game turned out to be like, Whoa, this was super important. Holy crap. So, Quantum Break and Mafia 3 walk into a bar. Oh, Mafia 3 wins. Quantum Break wins. What? Quantum, I, and I, I, 
I have played both. I have both of these games. I am. If, That's why I asked. <laughs> if Mafia Three, I enjoy the story. It's very deep. It's very grounded. Oh, and we've yes. talked ad nauseum, especially in um, earlier episodes okay. about Lincoln Clay and mm-hmm. what he's doing. This is one of those points where I thought the Quantum Break store was way more interesting. And it's nothing against Vengeance. I think Vengeance is a motivator. We've talked about it before. Mm-hmm. I think can be a great motivator and it has its place in story driven elements. Mm-hmm. Um, but with Mafia 3, even though I haven't beaten the game completely, I kind of don't know. Like, I have a general understanding of where that story was going to go. Mm-hmm. And Quantum Break, I had no idea. Like, I'm, I'm excited to play. I'm like, what is going to happen next? Time travel, anything's possible. And I think the, int- again, I think the core of that story is the very interesting and specific way that Remedy tailors time travel in that story. And I think that that's important to note. I want to break all day. All day. You just sold a copy of that game. I want you to know that. If, if you have not played Quantum Break, play Quantum Break. It's really good. And I'm sure you can get a great deal uh, on it. I think I'll pick it up for PC. I'm, I'm, I'm a Doctor Who fan. So anything with time travel in it kind of... Wibbly wobbly, yeah. Time wimey stuff. Wibbly wobbly, yeah. Time-y. yeah, you got it. Um, but I think I again, I stand by looking at this list. I stand firmly by Quantum Break should be in the top three, no question. Okay, so I'm gonna pull Mafia for you. Okay, with that. I yeah, like. We're okay. If if you're making me choose between those two, I will put my I will put Quantum Break on pound for pound any day of the week above Mafia Three, and that's nothing against Mafia Three. I love this story. I love where it's been taking me so far, but I think Quantum Break has the best story. Or better story. So Titanfall two and Overwatch walk into a bar. Is Overwatch? On I mean, that's Firewatch. I don't know why I said Overwatch. Firewatch and Titanfall, Titanfall two and Firewatch. Firewatch. Right. You have... Will, what are your thoughts? What I've been talking. Think? Something that has BT. <laughs> Let's be real. Our best character, as it were. That's true. Um, that's a good. So I really enjoy Firewatch. It is a phenomenal game. I think it needs to be played. You need to it you experience it i would say titanfall 2 people are gonna be pissed i, I would keep titanfall 2 over i i in where i think it's gonna come down to chaz because i would choose firewatch over titanfall 2 and here my reasoning behind it go for it is because i think that titanfall 2 tells a great story titanfall 2 also tells a I don't want to say standard, but almost predictable story to a sense. Yeah, it's just they sold me with the whole Iron Giant aesthetic. Oh yeah, yeah, no, no, no one's gonna knock you for that. But I think that for me personally, between the two, I think Titanfall Two story, I could kind of tell what it where it was going. It was a good way of them telling the story, especially weaving the action and kind of combat in there along the way. But I think Firewatch's stories and hooks, especially on spoilers for everyone else. With the son and the father and the government conspiracy and everything like yeah. that, was were twists that weren't expected in Firewatch. And I think that's why I would put it over Titanfall Two. My whole thing about um, looking at the two in terms of Titanfall, Titanfall offers you that Hollywood action, um, epic scale, you know, um, escalation type uh, story where you have your um, again, spoilers for the game. Your robot, uh, you know, sacrificing themselves for you. Um, and in a sense, I can see the pull and draw of that. 
Um, but then I have to look back at Firewatch where you, it comes back to that concept of doing a lot with a little, um, the music in that game uh, coupled with the narrative of the story coupled with the, the bits and pieces that you get, um, about Henry's life before he goes into the forest. Um, the yeah. decisions that you have to make in terms of the, his life choices, not only that, but even the life choices that you make within the game, um, you know, whether or not you take the boom box back to your, uh, lookout or you toss it into the lake, whether or not you start that relationship with Delilah, um, whether or not you actually um, feel violated by the fact that there are somebody out there listening to your every words or watching you, you know, it's it sort of played into a very you know, isolation type thing. By the end of the game, I felt very sad for Henry, not because. Um, you know, he and Delilah never got to meet or whatnot, but just because the way how his life was, he just got into this job. He's trying to do everything he can to be good at his job, but the force burns down anyway. And the story just ends. You know, it's not like a, a big boss fight. It's not a, you know, a big giant twist reveal. It's just mostly just ends like life and, just ends. And it leaves questions to be answered. And that's one of the things that I, I didn't even mention about quantum break. Jumping back on that man wagon for a little bit. Right. That at the end of that story, you know, you've more or less spoiler surprise. You save the day. Mm-hmm. You stop the fracture of time through some weird way. It's like this weird kind of the way that your brother bends and tells you how time works because you most of the game you think he's dead, and then you end up using time travel to like you think he's dead when you see him die because like Paul Serene comes and kills him, and then a rock falls on him. You think. But what happens is that you come on the back end of that at the end of the game and Jack Joyce actually rescues you come back from time and rescue your brother from getting crushed in the rock. And you guys are going in and like back in present time. And it was really cool. But near the end of that game, Beth is dead. And then his brother always tells him the story of, you know, time can't be messed with time is on a set path. Whatever's happened is going to happen regardless of how you change it. Um, And then, but because death, Beth died in the past. He's like, at the end, you see him kind of close up of his face, like Beth, I'm coming. Like, I'm going to save you. And it cuts out to that because technically the way it worked for you, you couldn't, you can't save her, but it's a little hard, but no, I think quantum break is a lot. Well, I I was bringing quantum break up just on the fact of like, it left you kind of with a somewhat of a cliffhanger. Like, like you, you, you love the story, but you're still a little uneasy and well, kind I of mean, what Chaz was talking about, like the fire burns the forest, but, but I mean, like based on, I mean, we're not so much basing this off cause I can, can see that Titanfall two has a very, um, has a very engaging story. Um, I can see that Titanfall two has like the ability to be awesome and, uh, you know, have great games coming after it. And even, even Titanfall two leaves you with kind of a hook at the end with the right. helmet kind of flickers and you're like, Oh, it's BT. Okay. But in comparison to the emotional impact of Henry's life on the actual player, uh, the only big moment that I can think that could probably do that with Titanfall two is when BT goes, you know, I'm throwing you out and then I'm going to, you know, blow up. That's one moment out of many in, in in Firewatch where you're running into, like I said, those many different decisions that you have to make. 
that would be my basis for removing Titanfall for this list. But like Will says, and what we all say with these games, any game that's on this list deserves to be played. Yeah, I agree with you. I'm glad my play worked. <laughs> <laughs> it was me. It was me all along. <laughs> um, but I don't like Firewatch's story, even with just the spoilers and stuff you told us earlier that it was um a lock. I am. I'm going to. I, I would like to make a passion plea for uh, um, Uncharted Four to stay on this list. Ooh, okay. Like you, you give us the impassioned plea. <laughs> I want. I want to hear this because I'm the one who's beaten this game. So okay. go ahead. No, I've I've played. I've beaten this game already. Oh, okay. So, Excellent. Yeah, no, I, I, I've, Good I've luck, Will. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think you misunderstand. I was for fire, um, Uncharted against Fire Emblem. So. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Uncharted and Fire Emblem walk into a bar. Okay, so okay, easy one. I uh, like it's an easy one because Fire Emblem is a Fire Emblem game, and I know that just is uh, way too simplistic of an explanation. But hear me out on this. Um, Uncharted Four is a is a single player game that not only takes the the characters from the previous Uncharted games. They're action-packed movie characters, but this is like the equivalent of, excuse me, of of taking the Fast and Furious characters and then putting them into sort of like let's talk about how we all feel about things, right? Where you actually take things and you boil it down to making the characters who just went through and swashbuckling and finding adventures and make them human. It's sort of like when you take um, real pe like real people, and you say, hey, um. We're going to go ahead and take all of the swashbuckling away. Take all of the uh, adventuring away. Take all of these things away. And now we're going to put you down into the actual real world. How do you function as a human being? You know, seeing Nathan Drake go from, I am swinging off this rope and climbing up the Andes to, I'm rescuing salvage and scuba diving and having a life and paying a mortgage and uh and then having his brother show up out of the blue going don't you want to be a part of that life again don't you want to like don't you remember how it felt to go adventuring he goes dude i remember when you died like <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but yeah it, it, for me the story of this game is not only helped out by the visuals because i i can see how some people can say that the only reason why the story even took off is because of how the fidelity of the visuals were. It and has, has no business looking that damn good. Yeah, Cameron right? Rocket Punch. <laughs> so I can concede that technology has a large part to play in, in how that story is conveyed. And yes, I will concede that National Treasure did it first and did it better. But... Those are strong words, Kyle. Very <laughs> Easy now. <laughs> All right, so I'm going to throw those two points out the way. But what I will say, though, is that as far as video game stories go that year, uh, or, or this year, Uncharted 4 offered a great retelling of, of that type of story. A great retelling of a long-lost brother finding his, um, finding his family again and reconnecting not only with himself as a person in terms of adventuring but also himself with the rest of his uh, immediate family with his wife with his friends eventually going into the fact that he was able to make a family of his own his daughter his and 
and to pass on the torch of adventuring from one Drake to the next Drake. Well, and like even adding adding on what you're saying, Chaz, some of the story beats that we haven't even mentioned yet is like when you start the game, you start the game in the past when you actually are with Sam, your you're brother, in the church. like before, well, not even when you're kids. Yeah. And you actually have that event and you learn, and I really don't want to spoil that part, but you learn about their family. The origin and of And the Drake. origins of like their relationships with Nathan Drake. Nathan which Drake I want you to play that to like oh, ooh. Right. But one of even one of the bigger ones is like you play in the parts where you're actually initially going for this treasure and you play through the events that lead to Sam Drake's quote unquote death is where you're it's you and Raph and Sam and you're trying to get out and Sam gets shot. Mm-hmm. Spoilers again. Mm-hmm. Sam gets shot and then basically Raph and like you're running out of this prison. Sam gets shot. Your Raph is like, we have to go now. And you le- you basically leave him in the prison for dead. Nathan drinks he thinks he is dead. And then everybody thinks he's dead. And you find out that he comes back. Mm-hmm. He tells Nate, look, I'm in trouble with this warlord who was in the jail with me and he saved me and he said I have to find the treasure within a certain amount of time otherwise they're going to kill me mm-hmm. and then I guess big spoilers for midway through the game you midway through the game you find out that Sam was lying to you the entire time and that Raph was the one who broke him out of jail he didn't break him out of jail he bought him out of jail Raph went in and said oh Sam Drake's still alive I need him to find this Avery treasure Here's some money, Sam. Come on out. I need you to find this treasure. And Raph has been the one holding the the gun, as it were, to Sam's head, mm-hmm. not some little Latino warlord from the Caribbean area. And that that deepens that thing, but also because it comes to the point where uh, Nathan Drake had to lie to his wife to say, "Oh yeah, I'm just going on a thing. I'll I'll be back," because he didn't want to let her know that he was actually going to go adventuring again. This is. And, and it, it seems like Incredibles like, you know, yeah. if you've ever seen the Incredibles, like um, you're dealing with a person who is like, I really want to have my heyday again. I really want to go out and adventure. Well, the, uh, we're, I'm just going out bowling. And they're just really just, you know, listening to the police scanner going. Well, it's like, not even it's not even that. But he's like he wants to help his brother. He wants to help Sam. He's like well, yeah. Sam's in trouble, but I can't tell Elena because she's going to kill me. Yeah. So. Hey, we're going bowling, we're going bowling. cousin. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but not really. Yeah, and then um, down that that betrayal that you see in Nathan Drake's eyes again, a story helped out by the technology. Um, it's like the Firk, like, dude, you're my brother, and you. It goes, yeah, kind of lied. Yeah, I'm kind of sorry, but look, we're here. This is awesome. Isn't this great? It's and like, it, dude, you lied to me. Like, and it really drives home the. The other part of like Nathan Drake's dilemma, and I've talked about it in other episodes before, of right. him having to, looking back at the prior entries of Uncharted and learning, he's always been the one to push for adventure, but now that he has Elena and he has Sully and he was trying to make a home for himself, like, is adventuring for this treasure and risking your life all this time really worth potentially losing your life or losing the people you love? And that was... He started seeing that in Sam. Sam was always like, we have to get the treasure. Nothing else matters. And that obsession and Nate kind of slowly realizing throughout the game that that's, that's me. And I have to stop before I fall down that hole or otherwise people are going to die. Mm. And it was, I, the, the, 
I've talked before about the story. Yeah, Thank you, Chaz, for giving no, that plea. No, I, it's it's also uh, a point that I will concede here because uh, I know that you two are still playing through Final Fantasy, and I believe that Final Fantasy should be a lock on this list. I will concede that it concede go Final away. Fantasy. Um, well, let, let's talk. Let's talk about Final Fantasy because well, if it if it deserves to be on this list, we need to know. Unfortunately, it, and I'm I'm swallowing this pill, but. <laughs> I, I can't. I cannot spoil this game for you. Okay. All right. Fine. Uh, don't. I will. I will remain spoiler free <laughs> as much as possible. It hurts me so much. I but know. We we have to know as much as you can give. Now, mm-hmm. granted, some of the other part other games I've not spoiled nearly as much. But do what you can to hold in your spoilers. Okay. But go ahead. All right. I'm trying to think. There's major. It's suck so major, bad okay, for cool. me. <laughs> All right. So we're starting off with the main story beat. You're look, in more typical Final Fantasy games. There's always um, what what is the the thing in 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 Bioshock Infinite? Uh, there's always a girl. There's always a lighthouse. There's always a man. A man oh yeah, yeah. So in, in Final Fantasy, there's always a kingdom. There's always a crystal, and there's always a sixteen year old, a whiny person screaming about their life. So you <laughs> is know, sixteen or eighteen? Um, he's old enough. Uh, <laughs> All we know really is that he's. <laughs> Like engaged to some chick. He's in, well. The thing about it is, is that he doesn't even he's not he doesn't have those feelings for her. So to, to spoil their relationship, Luna Freya and Noctis are sort of a marriage of convenience. You it's, have it's a big one if you've watched the, um, the King's, King's Glaive movie. movie. Right. You really understand why they're at that point. Right, it's right. basically to try and broker peace with um, Niflheim. So the main part about the story is that when the world is formed, you have the uh, quote-unquote gods of this universe bequeath these crystals to the kingdoms, except for one, and that was Niflheim. Niflheim didn't get the crystal. It got a... Uh, it got Magitech technology. So, and, and in some cases, you would think that science would trump so you, magic. You're basically saying that all the kids got a gift except for the one, and now he's right. mad, and he's like, oh, I'm going to take so, everybody's yeah, gifts. That's, that's, what, that's basically what, what it was. So the, the kingdom of Niflheim was like, fuck y'all, I'm going to take all y'all crystals, and they're going to belong to me, and I'm going to be the most powerful person in all the land, right? So it goes through when he kills, you know, they, Niflheim just waves through and kills all these things. What he doesn't know is that he he the 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 king of Niflheim doesn't just take the crystals, but he destroys them. Like he just sits there and goes, like, you know what? If I can't have these crystals, no one can. Because I mean, he has Magitech. So well, he has Magitech. He doesn't need. And they use the crystal research to build their Magitech warriors, the MTs in this case, the Terminators. In yeah. which, you know, you roll through the, the town. And so there's only one kingdom left, and that's the kingdom of Lucis. And the kingdom of Lucis, you know, he's like, you know what? I'm going to use this crystal to save my city, right? So he does, but it comes at a cost. It comes at a price. It comes at the price of his life, right? So he has to sit there and sit on the throne and just sit there constantly feeding off of the crystal and projecting the magic shield around the yeah, city. Yeah, the, the king has the king is the one who actually projects the shield if the king is injured or if he, he falters even for a minute in not keeping that shield up, then the like the entire city is susceptible to invasion. Not only that, but the kingdom also loans out his power to his soldiers. So he loans out his power to the soldiers so they can go ahead and do the warp striking and magic weapons out of thin air. He is doing like, he is the conduit for which everyone is receiving their magic powers. And so people go out and do their thing. So 
Niflheim, they decided they use all the resources they can to push back the uh, Lucian forces and just rain down hellfire on them. And this is a part of the, the, the Kingsglaive movie as well. And so they need to broker peace. They need to say, like, look, we have a mass destructive weapon that can come through and destroy and wipe out your entire town. But let's be real. You don't want to fight with us. We don't want to fight with you, although we would win. So in order to do this, how about you let your son marry this girl over here? She's the oracle, right? If you have those two marry, then there's peace. All you have to do in addition is to give up all of your land. <laughs> so uh, if you have young ears around, cover them. Fuck that shit. <laughs> Murder, death, kill. kill. Well, you, you, also, you also have to understand it was at a point where Lucis was the last bastion, as it were, for protection. They were getting pressured all over the place from Niflheim support. And so this is the king having to make a tough decision and looking like, I would rather my people mm-hmm. have peace and live mm-hmm. than potentially continue to go to war, use resources, and die a failing battle, which is already like it's already crumbling around us. And that is part of the reason. Like I said, the crystal was draining away life and everything else, but also had a different purpose. The ones who bequeathed these crystals to the different kingdoms did so with the understanding that the kingdoms would then, um, there was always one person that would feed, would be feeding the crystals. And then the crystals in turn would then feed the sun and make the world go and everything else. With the crystals and the kingdoms being taken over, then there's this balance is, is no longer struck. To which now the king of Lucis is doing you know, triple duty and trying to keep the sun rising and everything else like that. And so it's pretty much the only way that he can assure that there's a king of Lucis that can still use the crystal and still, you know, not, not doom the rest of everyone to uh, eternal darkness uh, is to go ahead and let get Noctis to a safe place with Luna Freya and then just hold down the fort. And so that is only the, the first part of the game. We haven't even... I mean, that's not even the game. You technically, <laughs> if you watch Kingsglaive, that, then you know this. That's not even a game right now. Well, let's talk about the opening of okay. game. Okay. <laughs> because that opening game. is just ridiculous. And so you know, knowing all of this, knowing that um, Noctis is this royal prince that is supposed to go off into the sunset and ride into his arms of his beloved is broken down on the side of the road with the rest of his friends pushing a damn car. Because you know what? When you're in Final Fantasy and you start off as level zero, time to get good, scrub. So <laughs> he sits there and pushes the car. And they're sitting there pushing the car to the nearest gas station. Um, and I'm not going to go over beat for beat because if you played Final Fantasy... You- but what song did they use? They used Stand By Me, which is <laughs> yes. sort of like a, a perfect song for this game because if any of you seen the movie... Of, of that name. You, you know that it's a road trip with a bunch of bros and they're hopefully going to find a dead body. But... They, <laughs> <laughs> which they do! Which they do in this game. But I, I will I will leave that. I'll leave that to you guys to discover. So, um... Uh, where, where to? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to skip ahead. Skip ahead some. Go ahead. Um, you get to the point to where the, the treaty goes bad because he needs to head to um, a, the city of Altitia. So that he can sign this, you know, wedding thing with uh, Luna Freya. But he never gets there because Niflheim, oh, Niflheim, uh, 
betrays them and blows up the king, blows up the citadel, and just sort of like, haha, we've killed the kingdom. They take and the crystal. They take the crystal and they leave. So now the crystal's gone. And so now um, Noctis is left to try and pick up the pieces. In typical prince fashion, he goes and tries to get back into the kingdom of Insomnia. To That's the name. I don't know why. The kingdom of Insomnia to rescue or to see whether or not the, the truth that his dad is dead is actually true. He gets there. He finds out it is and has to turn around and say, all right, cool. I don't well, not, know what. Not cool, but <laughs> like, not cool. Like he's sitting there going, like, "Okay, I don't know what to do. I, I have no idea how I'm going to be king now. My dad never prepared me for this. This is so such bullshit. What's going on?" And he meets up with his um, father's main man, his 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 sort of arms keeper, if you will, and says, "Look, your dad, your dad knew this day was coming, and in order to become king of this nation, you have to absorb the arms." Of the past kings. What, 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 do you, what do you mean? He goes, no, you don't understand. Each king had a fabled weapon that you must now collect and use. So you go around the land collecting these 13 weapons. They're axes, shields, daggers, what have you. But they're like astral weapons that you can summon from the ground. And then you just like surround your enemies with them. And just, it looks beautiful, by the way. So um, anyway, moving on, <laughs> moving on. Once you find all these 13 weapons, and you also need to court the, um, oh, summons, summons, how do you explain summons? You Have you reached a summon yet? No. No, my God. Okay, um. You, you, you don't have to go too detailed on the summons, okay, but I like so Leviathan, Leviathan and yeah. all those guys. These are still the, the gods, quote unquote, of the land that are still around. Um, you have to not only win their favor, but also get their blessing to be king. So... To make the long stories, long, long story, really, really short, the tale of a prince going from entitlement to uh, to actually kinghood is an amazing story to watch. Um, it's also not the typical love story because it's not a love story between, um, you know, a prince and a princess, you know, or in this case... Uh, Nakus and Luna Freya, but it's a love story between bros. It, it, it is a bro story. Not so much like, you know, they're all like rubbing oils on top of each other on Yuri on Ice type of shit. But we're talking about like the the ancient Japanese um So would we would you say this is like bromance the game? Kind of, but I wouldn't use bromance the game so strongly. I would sort of like say like it they're is French. sort of they're, like, they're friends. They're male friends. And... and by the end of this game, there was one scene at the very end of this game into which I almost cried. Because I'm sitting there going like, when he's saying goodbye to his crew, it's not just like, you know, a goodbye, you know, I'll see you later type thing. I mean, we're talking about like, you know... Um, uh, what is that movie? Uh, we're talking about like Magic Mike XXL kind of like goodbye. You know, well, we're talking about like dudes. Well, I, I don't know that. <laughs> <laughs> you, if you've not seen that movie, it's great. It's all, but it's, it's awesome. Uh, <laughs> we're talking about the kind of like you know Fast and Furious Vin Diesel saying goodbye to Paul Walker type of thing. You know? Okay, now you know that, I'm on. Are we on the same page? I'm now? on the okay, same page cool, cool. now. All, all right, right, so we're we're talking about that type of goodbye to where like you've traveled the game, you traveled the world with these guys, like literally traveled the world with these guys and by the end it's sitting there going like dude 
we can't go back. Like, this is it. We're going to go fight. We're going to win. And when we do, we don't know if we'll see each other again. And that was heartbreaking. But it was good. It was, it was a love story between friends. And I have to say that in the world in which we live to where, you know, dudes don't get to do that kind of shit anymore to where you like sit out in the woods and you sort of whittle wood with each road other. Trip you know, road trip. Road trips. We're, we're, we're focused more on like, you know, we need to provide for our families, make money, do our things, live. Mm-hmm. To see like a group of friends get together and go like, yes, this is how, this is how you road trip is awesome. But I'm willing to concede you've, to you've, Uncharted. If no, you no, want. no. Now we, now we have a problem. <laughs> so he, here's, here's my proposition. Final Fantasy 15 and Firewatch go into a bar. <laughs> based based on the information that I have before me, because I've not beaten these games yet, and it's time to shine, baby. <laughs> Whoa, it's time. Final Fantasy 15 walks out of that bar. Final like the, Fantasy like, 15 summoned a meteor onto that bar. <laughs> like Sep- Sephiroth just came out and said, guys, bros, don't even worry about this. And did the fucking five minute summon that summons me and one wing and angels playing in the background as the meteor crashes in, destroys the earth. Not even just the the bar, the earth. Firewatch is dusk in the wind. Final Fantasy 15 is voted into the top three. Yes. Okay. Well then. Thank you. Thank you, Chaz. Your impassioned plea has saved Final Fantasy. You have, you've carried the torch further than I could have ever done. Thank you. So, we have three. Quantum Break, Uncharted 4, and Final Fantasy 15. Three great, awesome stories they're, they're worthy really good. of 2016. They're really good. Now this is hard. But there can only be one. Who is it? Who was it? Really, Uncharted this, 4 and Final Fantasy 15 go into a bar. Oh, see, no, this really... No, Will, this is actually no, yours. No, you, and here's why. Because I don't feel Quantum Break even pales. What? So here's the thing. I love time travel stories. I really do. But there's something about the swashbuckling fight at the end of Uncharted. (laughs) I spoiled everyone. Yes. The music. Yes. The actual, the layout of the game. I I feel personally that Uncharted is a superior story to I will, I will, I will agree that Uncharted's final boss fight, and and this is going to be the the one downer that I I have for you both when it comes to the end of Final Fantasy fifteen. It it also depends on how much time you put into your characters, mm-hmm. but the final boss fight, um, when compared to Uncharted four, is not as great. Uh, okay. The final well, boss fight is. We're, we're not talking about yeah. boss fights. Though. But, we're uh, here about story. I'm but just I'm saying, saying overall. in terms of like completing, in terms of completing the complete, circle, complete package, complete yeah. package wise, we're looking at Uncharted Four beating out Final Fantasy Fifteen in this. Um, I, I will concede that. I love all of these games. <laughs> Why is this so hard? So I mean, uh, it's really up to you now. I mean, here, it's, my it's, vote is Uncharted. Yeah. Okay. Uncharted. Um, I. I spoiled, I spoiled everyone on the, the, the Cutlass. I beat that game. It was great. Um, no, I, I wanted to get through that before anyone did that for me. I think that if we're going to make a vote between you, I, me personally, I think that we chose the best stories yeah. from this year. I think Quantum Break is wonderful. Uncharted 4 is wonderful. Final Fantasy 15 is wonderful. 
I think that if I have to give an edge, I love Quantum Break, and I would really love to see that as the best story, especially with its time bending and time traveling mechanics. But I'm at a disadvantage, and that's okay. That's okay. That's why we're here. That's why you gotta gotta pay to play. Um, we'll blame Seth for it. <laughs> well, <laughs> but Uncharted for a Thief's End is the end of an era the end of Nathan Drake and the culmination of how that story is told and brings about the kind of nice put a ties on the bow of Nathan Drake's story I think can definitely win out um I don't I everybody's wanted to know ever since it got announced like how is Nathan's story going to end what's mm-hmm. going to happen how is this going to wrap up and I don't think it could have been done any better. I, I was excited for that game when it re- was released. I was excited for that game through each toss and turn of each curve and trying to figure out what's going to happen next in the story. And it's, it's, a, it's a great action adventure, Indiana Jones like story of treasure hunting, but it has some definitely feels for it. And like, Oh my God, I, I could pick either one of these three, but especially with what your guys' selections are, Will has already highlighted it. Um, we're and, and I, I will definitely say I am not mad I, at I, all. I've, yeah, no, you're good. Um, you're good. Uncharted for a thief's end, I think, takes home the crown. I I'm noticed okay with the theme. This. Yeah, I noticed the theme with the games that we chose though. Like they all seem to deal with sort of a family connection. Like you have um, Uncharted being, you know, the Drakes getting yeah. to reconnect with each other, and then Quantum Break, you have the Joyces connecting with each other. And then yeah, in, in Final yeah. Fantasy, you have like you know all the bros connecting with each other. Yeah. I, I I will definitely say that looking at this list, I believe we chose the top three. Yeah, correctly. Yeah, I think Firewatch is a close, very close, very close uh, runner up to getting in the very top close. three, but I think that we did choose correctly in selecting um, Final Fantasy. Here's the recap, everybody. Um, our t- top three winner or runners up are Quantum Break. In Final Fantasy 15, in our winner for best story for Rocket Punch Game of the Year 2016, is Uncharted 4: A Thief's End. I, I, I no, no disagreements here. No, none, none. at all. Ship it. <laughs> <laughs> we're done. That's it. We're we're out of here. Um, but with that being said, we've got a winner. I think a a worthy winner for this category. But all in all, that is it for. Episode 8 of the Rocket Punch Game of the Year deliberations for best story. Um, we, we love doing these things. We are funny that we are 80% done. Only two more remain, one of which is the coveted, I said coveted, Game of the Year for Rocket Punch. Um, oh that's going to be a knuckle down, drag down fight. I can already see it. You better bring your BFGs. Yeah, you better bring something. You may need more than the BFGs to contend with that one, but as we always like to do, thank you everyone for tuning in and listening to our deliberations here for Game of the Year. Uh, again, remember, you can always find this content and other awesome content that we do over on rocketpunchgo.com. Um, We're getting very close to our first ever episode of the Anime Book Club mm-hmm. live stream. Yep. Um, ever closer. If, if, you're, if you're planning to join us over at twitch.tv slash rocketpunchlive, make sure that you've watched all of Yuri on Ice. I think that's going to be a good conversation. I think that's going to be a good way to 
break the ice no. on our first ever episode. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Got to throw some puns in there. It helps it helps lighten the mood It'll there. It'll help us chill out. There you go. There. See? Chaz gets it. Um... But also, uh, you know, we've got our Rocket Punch cast. Don't worry, all all you Blizzard fans out there, Tank and Smank is coming back. We've got to get through the Game of the Year stuff, but um, definitely soon you'll be getting our Blizzard podcast hosted by Will over here back mm-hmm. on the air. We're going to have brand new episodes, awesome content we're going to be talking about, um, all things Blizzard, so definitely be excited for that. Um, as well as other new content you can definitely find over on RocketPunchGo.com, so definitely check that out. That's going to be your one-stop shop for all the content that we do. But without without anything else to say on best story, guys, I think that's it. No, I think yeah, that's we're right. Good. We're, yeah, good. And, we're good. We're good. We are good. We will see you guys on the next episode.